I got an email today from a coach who has some questions about the offensive attack. And let me just start by saying, first and foremost, I love everything this coach is talking about and everything this coach is teaching. He's doing a phenomenal job with his players. Um, the kids are, are basically high school age and he's, you know, preaching the philosophy of F1 driving the puck wide, uh, F2 going to the net hard, and then F3 coming in late as a trailer man, which creates width and depth of attack offensively. Uh, I love that setup. I understand, you know, especially at the higher levels of play, there are some differing, you know, differing opinions and different ways of doing things, different setups and things like that. But ultimately, good offensive attack always winds up, you know, it boils down to the same philosophy. And the philosophy is this, is that we want to attack in waves. We want to have an option one, an option two, an option three. And then if neither, none of those three are open, we want to have, you know, a secondary set of options where we can continue the attack and maintain control of the puck. So this coach specifically has has a question and a philosophy. Basically, the philosophy that, that he has, I agree with 100%. His question is, how do I get them to do it? Um, so the concern that this coach has is um, how to get the players to not just fire a puck on net, um, you know, at any given point, right? We want high percentage shots. So he's trying to teach the players high percentage shots. Again, I agree with everything this coach is teaching. Um, he's doing a great job with the players he's working with. But the question is, you know, if I drive wide and I don't have a lane to the net, and I look across and I don't have a, you know, a backdoor option for my F2, what do I do? Well, I don't want to just rip a shot from, you know, from the hash marks on the boards. That's going to be a low percentage play and will result in, usually result in a turnover. And then, you know, so you take one bad percentage shot and then you're back to playing defense again, back on the back check again, right? Uh, against a good team. These same philosophies, I'll just throw in a side note here. These same philosophies apply um, even more so when we're on the power play. Like we want to, the power play is all about maintaining control, waiting to take the shot until we're in good enough position that we can jump on our rebound if the initial shot doesn't go in. So this is kind of my philosophy on offensive attack. Whether you subscribe to the to the attack triangle, like I just described, um, whether you attack or subscribe to a different attack formation, Either way, no problem. The concept is, is we want to attack in waves and we want to set up a structure where we're forcing the other team to make decisions. And then no matter which decision they make, we've got a counter for it. So we're basically pulling them out of position and then moving the puck. Um, and we're setting it up so that no matter what they do to try to defend, we have an answer to that. So let me describe my ideal um, offensive attack. And then we'll kind of go from there on a little bit of philosophy. My ideal offensive attack, is, especially at these youth age groups, is I like to have F1 drive wide. And this is what I teach my players. And I think this will help this coach um, as he moves forward in teaching his, his players. But teach your players to think in terms of option one, option two, option three, and then a secondary set of options and even a, a I don't know what the right word is, tertiary set of options, third, a third wave of attack. Um, so here's how I think through this and here's how I teach my players to do it. Okay. I get the puck. I drive wide. The act of driving wide, um, as F1 makes the other team's defensemen have to make a decision. They have to go with you, right? They have to decide, am I going to go with this guy or am I not going to, if they don't go with you, then you say, thank you very much. You drive wide, you cut back to the middle and you take your shot. Uh, I would highly recommend 
looking up, there was a, a video that it aired during an NHL game or something a, a number of years ago, but you can still find it. The Royal Road. Look up the Royal Road. Um, they they took a look at a bunch of current day NHL goals and found, I don't remember the exact numbers, but found that a huge percentage of them, uh, the goals occurred within one second after crossing the middle of the ice. So if you drew a line straight down from, from one net to the other, straight down the middle of the ice, most of the time, most of these goals and your, your likelihood of scoring goes way up if the puck has crossed the Royal road within one second of the shot. So that either means skating across the middle of the ice or passing across the middle of the ice. So um, that's a side note, but that's something to look up. If you can convince your players and help them understand these concepts, then they will be more likely to do uh, what you're asking them to do. So option one, drive wide. If you have a lane to the net, take it. Drive right back to the middle of the net before shooting. Um, that will make the goalie have to move. That will make the goalie have to open up. You'll have additional options. Um, option two, if you drive wide and the defenseman pivots and stays with you, you don't have that lane to the net. Your next option is, did my F2 beat his defenseman wide? The act of F1 and F2 driving wide and then cutting to the net drives the other team's defenseman deep and wide. So it opens up space either way. Whether or not they can stay with you, that's a question of their speed versus your speed. But if they do stay with you, um, so option one's not there, you're looking option two is option two. The option two would be the backdoor pass. If that's not available, in other words, the other team's defenseman, the other defenseman has stayed with your F2, well, then now you've got that option for the trailer man coming in. And I know this is what this team, what this coach is teaching. But the question is, are the players understanding, you know, thinking through these processes in sequence? So if option one's not there, option two's not there, option three now is the drop pass. Okay, we want to set that up. We want to have that F3 coming in late enough that it has given the other team's defenseman time to drive, you know, to be driven deep, right? So option three is that trailer pass or that that drop pass to the trailer man coming in. Um if that's not there, sometimes either the man, you know, our, our F3 doesn't get in position properly or they have a back checker, right? So if that's not an option, well, now everything resets, right? And this is where, especially at these youth levels, the players don't have the patience to think through this. And it's, this is where it becomes difficult because the, the natural player, the natural tendency will be to shoot from the boards, right? To shoot from the wide side. That's not what we want to do. We want to keep control of the puck right? So um, we're going to hit the brakes at this point. So we hit the brakes. Uh, generally, we want to hit the brakes facing the boards, so turning away from the pressure in the middle. So we hit the brakes. Now we have just reset ourselves to have a whole new set of options. So the next set of options, you could hit the brakes and then drive across the seam if that's open. Uh, if you want to look up Ovechkin, he does this a lot. Usually when he's hitting the brakes, though, he does it in a way that he doesn't turn towards the boards. He actually hits the brakes in the middle, and then cuts hard. And you'll usually see him doing this off the off wing. He's a right-handed shot. He drives down the left side. If it's not there, he'll hit the brakes and then cut right across the top of the circles. That's what I call the seam and rip a hard wrist shot. Okay. So that's, you know, that could be, that could be option number one. Uh, if that's not available, option number two might be to cycle it. And your F2 and F3 should be watching for that, you know, if, if they, if they see that they're not going to be an option, then as soon as you hit the brakes, one of them needs to drive into that corner to be a possible cycle option. So you could hit the brakes, cycle back to the corner and then drive the seam work like a little give and go out of the corner. That's a beautiful option. 
um, you can hit the brakes and then look for your point man coming in. So all of these options reset, but the underlying principle is we keep control of the puck. We keep control of the puck. We get, we get the zone. I, I say this all the time, especially with power play. We get the zone, we get the setup, then we take the shot. Okay. This is especially important on power plays because on a power play, you know, if you lose possession of the puck, they ice it. And then, then you just burned 30 seconds of your power play at least. Right. Um, so we get the zone, we get the setup, then we get the shot and that should put us in position where we can jump on the rebound. We get the rebound you know, then we work it back to the points or whatever. We, we maintain control and that's what we want to do. So we want to set ourselves up. And if we do this, if you can convince your players that this works and and that it's worth doing, then all of a sudden you've got their buy-in. Then you've got more power. Then you've got more scoring chances. Then you've got more goals and everything gets more fun. And you can just keep reminding them, look how, look how awesome that worked when you did it this way. You see the difference, right? And I recommend, you know, I'm a big proponent of video work, uh, especially if it's new concepts that you're trying to get the players to buy into is, you know, pull a clip, whether it's your own team or whether it's, you know, an NHL clip or whatever, pull, pull various clips of look what happens when we do it right. Look at how much pressure we contain or what we maintain and control um, when we just refuse to give up the puck right? Let's work the puck around. And, and then, and then let's look at what happened. You know, tell me the difference between these two clips. Look at what happened when, um, you know, when we shot from the corner, you know, where'd the puck go? How come we weren't able to get it back? Um, I think doing it this way, well, I know doing it this way creates the buy-in that you're looking for and the players will be, uh, able and willing to do what you're asking them to do. And once it starts going well, then it's just a, a a snowball effect, like a positive snowball effect where it just gets better and better and better because they believe, they feel, they experience, and then it results in goals <laughs> and, and scoring goals is fun and scoring goals creates wins and wins is fun, right? Wins are fun. So it's, uh, that's what we're looking to do. So hopefully that helps, but that is the experience that I've had with this exact same concept. And to be honest, you're not alone in this process. Like this is a, con you know, this is something that every youth player needs to learn at some point in their lives. Some learn it earlier than others. Uh, and it's also, you know, every youth team needs to learn this concept. It's, it's so much better to be patient and, um, you know, think through your attack in terms of waves and sequences and options. And basically we're looking to just pull, pull players out of position and then, you know, take advantage of it when they move, <laughs> when they move out of position, we've got a, a, a counter for it that will result in a scoring opportunity. So hopefully that helps. And uh, again, if you decide to try this, make sure you give me some feedback, let me know how it goes for you. But that's the concept is, you know, helping your players understand the, the idea and the benefits of attacking in waves and keeping control of the puck. All right, that's it for today. We'll be back soon with more sound bites. And in the meantime, make sure you visit us at wisetechhockey.com for more drills, skills, plays, um, and other coaching material that'll help improve your game.